Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Father, we are grateful. We thank you for an opportunity to just gather and learn at your feet. We don't take this for granted. And Lord, I just present every hearer, I present every heart to you. I ask that our hearts be expanded to receive your whole counsel, to receive your truth. I ask that you speak through me. Let your words come forth with simplicity and with accuracy, ministering grace, releasing truth, delivering, liberating, and transforming every hearer. I pray the anointing that makes the doing of your word easy would come upon us all in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, I think it's still in order to say happy birthday, Nigeria. Or happy, what is it? It's birthday, right? It's independence anniversary. You get the gist. Happy 62nd anniversary, Nigeria. And I know that it's... So I'm so sorry I need to say this because I've been itching to say it. So I might as well just say it. It's not very spiritual. Boisuki, to the pure, all things are pure. I was going to say, when we were doing how-to series in the last two Sundays, church was full. We were talking about relationships and sex and dating and marriage. Now we have entered to deeper matters. <laughs> and we're still waiting for our 11 o'clock brethren to show up. It is well. If you know them, please send them a message that we have started the word, so they should please join us. I just had to say that. Anyway... So I was going to say, that, well, I mean, just continuing the flow of the message. Holy Spirit, help us. It's been 62 years of good times, not so good times, as Demilady has so nicely, you know, shared with us. And I know that the temptation for someone here to, is to think that I have come to church today and I know that BWS is just going to go on with, you've, you have to believe in Nigeria. You don't have a choice. You must just believe. But it would be foolishness on my part to do that and to act in ignorance that he is being unmindful of the various states of our hearts concerning the entity called Nigeria. I also recognize that under God, it is my responsibility to also tell us the truth. And so we would look through scripture to understand the mind of God for our nation and to understand our responsibilities as well. My biggest assignment here this morning, the Holy Spirit helping me, is to address mindsets. Mindsets that have shaped decisions. Mindsets that are shaping decisions right now. Mindsets that are influencing the state of things, the state of affairs in our nation today. That's as fire is released upon you, you will, re in the same way, set ablaze the people that you come in contact with. And that this change that we have been propagating and praying for, we will indeed begin to see it in our lifetime in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there's a way we think about our nation, there's a way we think about the goings on, you know, from corruption you know, poor leadership, incompetent leadership sometimes, um, a state of anarchy, insurgency in different parts of 
or of Nigeria. And you think about all these things, you know, we have our Unilag students. So as LifePoint, we have relationship with Unilag students. We have relationship with Pan-Atlantic University. But our Unilag students, we've not been able to bring them to church in almost, what now, seven or eight months? Because why? Asu has been an endless strike. There's a way we can sit on one side of the fence and judge the lecturers. But when you interact with the lecturers and you hear, I mean, I recently had the opportunity to actually know what lecturers are earning. And I was in pain. I was literally in pain. So it's, it, I mean, the stories can be gory. The stories are, you know, students graduate, and then you spend a lifetime waiting for jobs. No, not enough job opportunities for the number of students we're churning out in our school. So there's the education system, there's the judicial system, you know, our legal system where we're currently struggling. People who, are, who, who knew no sin are in prisons, waiting, are waiting trials for offenses they didn't commit. It's on and on and on. And we can go on and talk about everything that isn't good. But in the same breath, I'm reminded of the fact that across the nations of the world, you know, we still saw, what was that lady's name, Tobia Muso, you know, thriving. We have Nigerians doing great exploits in different fields, in different professions. In fact, I don't know that there's any country of the world that you don't find Nigerian, Nigerians represented. We are everywhere. We even always have our own hood in countries, we get there and we just take over a hood. We are everywhere. We see us doing great and mighty things. We see how we've enjoyed God's faithfulness, his love for us, preserving us. So many things, plagues and pestilence have come, but they haven't wiped us out. Countries with better advanced technology, you know, properly developed systems, suffered significant loss but here we are we are here and we're grateful to God but I want someone to ask a very significant question or to ponder on a very significant thought surely God must have an opinion concerning Nigeria right surely he must have a plan surely he has thoughts concerning this nation and so the question is, what is on God's heart? What is on the mind of the Father as we think about this nation? And then when God looks at me that he has positioned in this nation, what are his expectations of me? That is how I want us to think about this. You see, because I'm not going to come and preach you a message that is devoid of you as an individual, recognizing your role and your place. And how that a changed Nigeria ultimately betters, you know, our lot. It favors us all. So we all have a skin in the game. Whether you have dual citizenship, triple citizenship, in some cases you even have four. What do we call that? Quadruple. Good luck to you. But guess what? You are still a Nigerian. You can be Nigerian-American, British-Nigerian-American, Iranian, British, American, Nigerian, you are still Nigerian. You have been placed here. Whether it is that 
you were born here, you relocated, you know, you now have accents like Demilade, you know. Either ways. By the time we are tracing your lineage, if you go and read the book of Matthew or some of the scriptures where they say, and Joseph begat, and, and they will say, and Baba Demilade begat, Demilade from Ibadan. Either ways, we will still trace you and find you inside this Nigeria. And if you are fancy like some people, you decided to, your name is Paul. In fact, your name, maybe it's when you're at christening, they gave you Paul. But your name is Chimamaka, Iebueze, you know, those very long surnames. You now decided to call yourself Mary Chi. God will still find you inside Nigeria. When we trace you, when the angels are looking at your records, they will still trace you into this land. So whether you change your name, you change your skin color, you change your whatever it is you change, they will still trace you here. So you are, we cannot act as though this no longer concerns us. Because the emotions that are really rife right now is that of despondency and a general disregard. You know, at our, leader, at our prayer meeting, leaders' prayer meeting last night, one of our leaders was leading, leading us. Gosh. One of our leaders was saying how she just felt disconnected from the fact that we're celebrating Nigeria's 60, 62nd anniversary. And I could relate. I understood what she was talking about because that is the, that is the general disposition of so many of us. We're at that place where, yeah, whatever. We really can't be bothered because we're looking at failed dreams, we're looking at failed systems, and we're internalizing all of this. And for us, as far as we're concerned, it looks like there is no hope anymore. In fact, if we start to pray now, and we're, praying, we're going to spend some time in prayer by God's grace for this quarter and all, we are going to pray with a lot of energy. When I say pray about your marital destiny, katabaya. Pray about your profession, pray about your career, pray about business opportunities, pray for preservation. Pray for Nigeria. And then the volume just dips naturally. Because people are genuinely tired. And I'm not oblivious of that fact that people are in that state of just, yeah, we've been praying for so long. Where has it gotten us? I was listening to the platform, and Pastor Kwojo Yima did the convener, his keynote speech there. You know, three things that he shared jumped out at me. And he said that there are three ways we respond to national issues. One is renewal, two is revolution, and the third is resignation. Resignation is where majority in Nigeria are at presently, where you cannot see good anymore. And it's very interesting, especially for us as believers. You know how it is that you, are, you have faith for the things that you desire, the things that you want. You know, you have faith that God will get you that dream job. You have faith that God will get you that amazing boo and bay. You have faith that that money, you will make it. You have faith that... God will preserve you. you. You know, you have faith for these things. Well, when it comes to Nigeria, and we say pray for the nation, it just feels like God's arm 
all of a sudden has become shortened to save. It feels like, well, I'm not so sure you will do this. And so we approach prayer with that mindset of, yeah, whatever. But for me, it's not even just prayer. And we'll talk through different approaches. But so resignation, when people believe they can no longer change the outcomes of where they are. And they exit those places to where they feel their dreams can be realized. Hear me well. I have nothing, and I said that at the congregational prayers on Saturday morning. I have nothing against people relocating. The only thing that I ask is this. Ensure you are operating from a place of wisdom. Scripture says that Christ has been made to us the wisdom of God and the power of God. Ensure that it is wisdom the spirit of wisdom and ensure that it is the spirit of God that is guiding your decisions. Ensure that it is not, your decisions are not made from a place of fear because we find that two major things are driving this jackpa matter now. Fear-driven or trend-driven. Following the trend, everybody's going, so let me go. Everybody is finding a tech job. You two, you have now gone to start product management, product design, and all the other products. And that's not saying it's a bad thing to do if you feel you need a career change. But your decisions cannot be driven by fear or by the trend. Where is your faith and where, what is God saying to you? Hear me again clearly. I said, as believers. As believers. So, revolution, of course, that's the use of force and violence. And we see how some nations of the world have done that. And it has yielded very minimal results. Now, the last one, renewal. This is when leadership takes responsibility by making a conscious decision to empower its citizens to work together to create a common vision about the nation's purpose and how to achieve success. Now, leaders will do this knowing that their failure to take action will throw up either a revolution or lead people into a state of resignation. And we can see that that's kind of like what's happening with our nation at the moment. So, we've spoken about what we're dealing with. This state of despondency, this state of resignation. Especially for us as believers you know, seeing everything, experiencing everything that is happening. I want to read very quickly from the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. Now, Nehemiah is a book that I would encourage anyone and everyone to study. Okay? Uh, read the first two chapters if you can't read the entire book. But it would reshape your perspective about leadership, about nation building. And you would understand God's heart. And how he would find a man from another land to fix matters. Yeah? So let's read together Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 to 20 in the message translation. Multimedia, are we able to display, please? Otherwise, just turn your Bibles. Message translation, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. And we will read together. Are we there? Okay. Let's give 30 seconds or less, 10 seconds. Are we there now? Do you have it up, your devices? Awesome. Once you go, then I gave them my report. 
face it. We're in a bad way here. Can we increase? Are we, do we have it? Message translation. I don't get the sense. I'm only hearing yes from the band. Members of the house, do we have message translation in our Bibles? Thank you very much. So let's read together powerfully. Then I gave them my report. Face it, we're in a bad way here. Jerusalem is a wreck. Its gates are burned up. Come, let's build the wall of Jerusalem and not live with this disgrace any longer. I told them how God was supporting me and how the king was backing me up. They said, we're with you, let's get started. They rolled up their sleeves, ready for the good work. When Sambalat the Horonite, Tobiah the Hamonite, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they laughed at us. What do you think you're doing? Do you think you can cross the king? I shot back. The God of heaven will make sure we succeed. We're his servants and we're going to work, rebuilding. You can stick to your own business. You get no say in this. Jerusalem's none of your business. The message translation puts it in a very sharp way, you know, unlike when you read the other translations, so which was why I wanted us to read it. But here was Nehemiah's response. So he, first of all, would present his report to the leaders, to a, a group of people, you know, to get their buy-in on the action that he wanted to mobilize the populace to take. Now, backstory. In Nehemiah chapter 1, you will see how Nehemiah, who was the king's cupbearer, the king, let me just call him King X, yeah? Six, six. I'm not sure that's how to pronounce it, but just let's go with King X. Powerful ruler, but Nehemiah was one of, I mean, he's, he was of the lineage of people that were brought into Persia as captives. So he didn't even grow up in Jerusalem. He didn't grow up in, in, with the Jews in Jerusalem. Yeah? So this is like your, you know, Nifemi Jappas gets married, has a child. That child uh -huh, is then hearing about Jerusalem, not Nigeria in Jesus' name. Do you get the picture? That was Nehemiah. So Nehemiah was serving as the king's cupbearer. But clearly, a burden had been placed on his heart concerning his people. So he would check in with one of his brothers and ask for reports. How are the Jews who fled captive, you know, who fled from captivity, how are they faring and all that? And he would get a report that nations of the world are mocking us because our worlds have been destroyed. The people are living in, you know, in, in ruins. And of course, this broke him. And fast forward, he would approach the king. First thing he does before approaching the king is he spends time in prayer. He would pray, confess sins, seek God's face to understand what needed to be done. And I believe very strongly that he was in the place of prayer. God gave him inspiration, gave him wisdom on the approach and the action to take at that point in time. So this was him trying to mobilize, but he needed to start with leadership. And so he spoke to them and, and gave them this report, helping them understand exactly what was going on then. Now, the interesting thing to notice, there's a way he could have been very disconnected because this guy was already living a luxury, luxurious life. He was living in the palace, he, you know. Maybe the only ties he had were like extended family members. 
but he could have been disconnected from the happenings. But we see how that wasn't the case. I need to let us understand that our faith as believers, as God's children, is not to be separated from our responsibility as citizens of the nation he has placed us in. There's a way you might look at it and we become heaven-focused. You know, we do me, myself, and I. We do things that we believe are kingdom-relevant as we are on our way to heaven and we are disconnected from the happenings in our world. We need to understand that we are for God and by reason of that, because we are believers, because we belong to God, we also are responsible for the place, the location that he has placed you and I. We are responsible for it. And I will explain what I mean by responsibilities. So we must not, there must not be any point of conflict between being a good Christian and being a responsible citizen. Your faith must always reflect in your dedication to nation building. Our Christianity must translate into impact in our environment, ability to touch lives, ability to solve problems, ability to aggregate all our commitments and our willingness to build this nation. And you will see that we will go really far. What has happened is people come up in silos, energy levels deep, and people wear out because a lot of us are concerned about just securing our future, which is not a bad thing. Please hear me clearly. We are concerned about living a life of convenience, living a life of comfort, soft life, as much as it is possible. But we fail to understand that living a life of significance requires work. It is an upward call. And that is the call that God is placing on you and I. Do you know how I know this? In Matthew 5, he says to us that you are the salt of the earth. He did not say you are the salt of heaven. You are the light of the world. He did not say I need you to light up heaven. Heaven is very well lit. So you and I have a responsibility to ensure that our light shines here on earth. To ensure that we refresh, we sweeten the lives, we, we, we cause change because that's what salt does. We preserve. When we fail in our duties to do these things, and how do we do that? We do that in the nation where he has placed us. When we fail in our duties to participate, to rise up, to contribute effectively with the skills, the talents, the abilities that he's given us, then we fail him ultimately. That's in Matthew 5 says, when salt loses its savor, what, what is it? What do we do with it? It becomes useless. It is thrown away. It is trampled underfoot. I pray that none of us will become earthly useless in Jesus' name. So we need to self-evaluate. We need to reflect and ask ourselves very important questions. Are you a sideline commentator? And we know that there are so many. In fact, they said they are social media voters. People that is only on social media, you will hear their voices. When it comes to the actual work, you don't see them. But I want to also appreciate everyone who went out yesterday. Now, this is not to endorse any candidates. I will not use my platform to endorse a candidate. But I appreciate the action taken. So when people actually 
do the work, when people put, you know, action, when action follows the words, they, are, they deserve the accolades. So everyone who joined the walk yesterday, well done. I have my personal biases, but well done. We celebrate you. Very well done. Because you are walking your talk. A lot of people are talking and not walking. A lot of people are criticizing. A lot of people are condemning. But they are not doing anything. What is the positive that you are doing? You can, it cannot be about just talking. It cannot be about just condemning. It cannot be about just making noise on social media. What else are you doing? What else are you doing? You cannot be the person that complains only. You complain about the nation. You complain about the economy. You complain about the president. This Buhari self, he should have even done like this. It is how he should have done. You know, he, he did not even do. You know, it reminds me of f- football commentators. Or football, yeah, football commentators. Whether the official commentators or the people that are watching football with you. Ah, that Fabregas. Now I'm about to destroy. <laughs> just indulge me. I, don't, I, I stopped following football after my husband just became busy. But Fabregas should have passed to Rahul. And then Rahul should have just shot it to, you know. And then and I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to blow your mind now. Just say nonsense now. Then Beckham. Uh-huh. Beckham should have just jumped off. If he had done like 2.5 meters up with his pinky, he would have stopped the ball. You know how people do those kind of detailed analyses as though when you put them on the field? Nothing. That's how some of us are when it comes to nation building. If it was me, I would not appoint, I would not do. Do you know what it takes to govern? Do you know what it takes to run a country? A lot of us are politically illiterate. I took a course during the pandemic. I mean, right after um, answers and all. I took a polyliteracy course. And my, half the time, my mouth was like, this in class. Like, let's just continue. We don't have time. Do you, are you the kind of citizen that can inspire change? Are you the kind of individual that you can inspire change? And when we think about inspiring change, we're not talking, oh, you you have to have a large platform. In your little corner, can you influence people to start to think right, to start to do right, to start to behave properly? Because we are very quick to condemn government. But you know the bigger problem we have? It's a citizenry problem. It is a citizenry issue. So until mindsets begin to change from the grassroots, this corruption matter, it goes here. It won't say in Jesus' name. I cannot be saying those kind of things. (laughs) But you understand what I'm getting at. Until you and I begin to become the change that we desire, begin to influence others to change, in your office, what are you known for? Aside from the person that leads prayer meetings, what else? What else are you known for? Do you do good work? What are your work ethics like? Do people look at you and they are inspired by the quality of your work outputs? Can they look at you and they are inspired by just how you 
embrace national matters. How, how, how you even behave just soci- socially. Are you the kind of person that if there's anybody in this church that still litters, it's just that I don't know everybody by face. You throw stuff out of your car window. We need to, start, we need to have life points badge. So that if I see your badge, we will call you out. Just kidding. But guys, you understand. We cannot at this day and age still have people that trash the streets in this church. And then you're condemning the government. Do you know? Let me give you an example. So, for every trash that you see, in fact, Lagos State is on a rampage now. Like everything is money making. In my office, they've been bringing different bills to me. There is construction waste, there is regular waste, there is car park, then there is park. Like there are different agencies that have been set up. Now everybody looking for money. So you cannot be the individual that you still litter. You cannot be that person that breaks traffic lights. Why? And then you'll be abusing the government. You have no moral standing to speak. Because in your little corner, the little, you know, influence that you have, because guess what? Your kids are watching. If you don't even have kids just yet, your colleagues are watching. And then you open your mouth and you declare you're a Christian. Now, I know that a lot of these things, they sound very idealistic. But guess what? When you get to developed nations, you will behave. Why? We, f- we know how to fall in line when we get to developed nations. We get to their airports, we behave. It's when we get to Nigeria airport, everybody's bugging and showing power. But when we get there, we just behave. Because you know any small thing like this, especially if you go to the places like the UAE, where they don't even send you, those guys with their uh, hijab looking, those guys are very mean. Once they ask you one, two questions and you're doing anyhow, they will just chuck you out. We know how to comport ourselves. The spirit of a change driver is revealed in the power of vision. And we see this exemplified in the life of Nehemiah. A change driver will see farther than others see. Nehemiah did not only see the problem, but he could also see the solution in his mind. He could picture the solution, which was why he knew what to ask the king for. A change driver or a transformation agent will see more than others see. He knew the world should and could be rebuilt. And he knew what it would take to do it. And then change drivers would see before others see. Steve opposition from enemy leaders, but he saw the danger ahead. And he planned accordingly. He formulated strategies to defend the city and to keep the people safe. The spirit of transformation is manifested in the wisdom and in the strategy to move from the familiar to the unknown. And I know that this part is, is, is the tricky part. Because you see this soft life that some of us have embraced. We're just comfortable there. Let me just have this, my two dual citizenship. I have small headache. I hit the airport. I've gone to see my doctors, you know. And it's the easy part. It's, it's familiar. It's okay. And I'm not condemning it. Please hear me. I mean, you need to be alive to be able to change the nation, right? Yes? So, which is why I'm saying I don't have a problem with people who are relocating. It's just know from what standpoint. When those of opportunities open up for you, I mean, if I could, if, if I had my way, I will ensure every Unilag student that is affiliated to LifePoint 
we move them at the very minimum to Ghana so that they can continue their education. So I don't have a problem with relocation. Just ensure it's not coming from a place of fear. It's not coming from a place where you're following trends. I mean, if Joseph, Daddy Jesus, well, you get, if he didn't relocate Jesus upon the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in fact, by instruction, Jesus, baby Jesus would have gone with the other babies that were killed. Some of us need to stay alive to be able to rebuild this nation. And staying alive might mean relocating temporarily. Are we together? So I hope I've been able to convince you that I have nothing against people who have plans to relocate. I just have, you know, just check it and make sure it's coming from the right place. So, spirit of transformation is manifest in wisdom and strategy to move from the familiar to the unknown, especially in times of personal and environmental uncertainty. The big question, what are you seeing? So we've done a self-evaluation to identify who we are. Are we critics? Are we people that are quick to complain and grumble? Or are we people who inspire change and inspire others to become better? Inspire others to do better? That's the self-evaluation. The next thing is, what are you seeing? Are you seeing pain or opportunity to bring relief? Are you seeing a society in chaos or opportunity to introduce order? Are you seeing fear and uncertainty or opportunity to bring hope and clarity? I recognize that it can be difficult to balance optimism and realism or to balance faith and facts. But we are people of faith and faith must trump facts. We are not ignorant. So what we do is we take the facts and we present them to God to hear his word because there is always a word for every matter. To receive his position. Scripture records concerning people in the, you know, the, the, the guys in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. They did not even see the promise. They believed. They didn't see it. A lot of them died not seeing the promise. That is the life we've got. See, if you're going to do this Jesus matter, you have to believe with all your full chest. You can't do half measures. And that requires also, or it includes, your responsibility for your location, where God has placed you. Now we need to understand, yes, our position. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principality and powers. But there is an earthly location where you have been placed. And there is a responsibility that you and I have to that earthly location. Visioning starts from your sphere of influence. It is you doing something to cause change in the area where you have capacity to make a difference. So please start from where you are. Start from where you are. Start from that office. Start from your family. Start from your community. If you live in a, in a densely populated you know, house, for example, or, or building, model how to live right. Model how to you know, uh, dispose of your trash. It's in the little things. And I know that our society, we're very quick to condemn people who do good. We're very, we're very quick to, it's, it's a lonely journey. 
So I remember a couple years back, I don't know what my driver was doing, but somewhere in Yaba there, I think Adekule, VIO guys caught my vehicle. And I was at the back. I wasn't even paying attention to what he was doing. I think I was on my phone or whatever. They claimed he broke the light. He claimed he didn't. So here was I in the middle of it. Of course, I believed my driver and I was defending him. Anyway, they didn't release us. They impounded my vehicle and they said um, we needed to pay, of course, to settle them. We're supposed to settle them before they impounded the vehicle. Was it VI? Yeah, I think it was VI. VI, there were like two departments, yeah. And it was a matter of sort us, you know, and we will not impound your vehicle. And I was like, let's go to your office. I did not know what I was asking for. In my self-righteousness, let's go to your office. And of course we went and we got there. They said, all of a sudden, different issues started coming out. They said, my driver, my driver was barely less than a month with me, by the way. He asked for his tax payment evidence. I'm like, you say what? <laughs> yeah. So the issue began to mount. That day I had to pay tax. I had to pay the official charge, you know, before they could let me go. It was painful. I'll be very honest. Because maybe if I just done like 5K, you know, or 10K, I would have not had to spend as much money. And can I shock you guys? I left the island, I went to buy catfish. It's fresh fish that took me to Makoko. Yeah. My fresh fish got spoiled because I was, it was a whole day affair. In fact, at some point they said they had closed. Yeah. So it was loss. It was not a win-win situation. It was painful. I spent money, I lost money. But I was happy. I was happy because I felt like I won them. Like this money, it did not enter your hand. It entered into government's pockets. Even though I don't understand what government needs all of that money for. Because they're not fixing roads and, you know, and I could get very judgmental and all that. But you get my point. I just felt like, yeah, it's fine. You guys wasted my time. Because that's what we do. Why do we sort people? It's because you don't want your time wasted. It's because you, you, do you understand? Now, if I said this, and I'm sure someone will be like, ah, no, now, you just give them 5K, do that, I've allowed you to go, which is what, I won't lie that I've not done it before. I will not stand here and tell you I haven't done that before. But you can imagine if we all just commit to doing better. First of all, we won't even break the lights. We'll ensure that we have function, functioning car lights. You'll ensure you have your correct papers. You know, not, you're not driving expired, uh, driving with expired driver's license and things like that if we commit to even just doing right and then when eventually they find one sin that you committed you decide to follow through I remember when they first started the whole rules in Lagos where if you don't wear drivers uh, sorry if you don't wear seat belts you have to go get a psychiatric evaluation I mean so I recognize again we put in this these laws to frustrate a system that is supposed to work because you know that people will not want to submit themselves to that psych evaluation and so they want to sort like we already create loopholes I'm sorry I can go on and on when it comes to government issues so but let's focus on our responsibility so we must understand the importance of starting from where you are in the little things in the little things Nehemiah was one 
who was called from where he was. He had a burden that he, he carried concerning his people. And he, he, you know, the wall had been broken for decades. In fact, some parts of history say about 120 years or so. And it was completed in 52 days. That is the power of a visionary leader. 52 days. Even when the enemy said it is impossible. Those guys, when the rubble, scripture says the rubble, the rubbish that they had to pack was a lot. The people were tired. He mobilized them to continue. Their lives were in danger. He assigned people to the city gates to protect, to defend the city. As people were building, they had weapons of warfare in their hands. He worked with unskilled labor. So when we say things that we're very fixated on, see, it, it takes one man, but I also recognize the fact that it, if you and I would just be committed to this vision of change, the president can't do it alone. The governors cannot do it alone. Your local government chairman cannot do it alone. I've had, at least I've had in my short life, I've had two experiences that have proven this to me. So a couple years back, I've, I've had the privilege of serving um, on the Nigerian Economic Summit Group for three years consecutively. And it came from, God, how can I contribute? I want to contribute. I want to contribute to nation building beyond just where I am and you know, playing my part in my little corner. And an opportunity came up. I started out by rapporteuring. I would go for their sessions. They would have roundtable meetings. And I would see, you know, um, so the Nigerian Economic Summit Group is a public-private partnership think tank. You know, um, so they work with the public institutions to advance national issues, you know, disc discuss and resolve national issues. And I would attend these roundtable meetings and all my work was just to take notes. I did not think it was small. In fact, I, thought, I felt very privileged to be in the room to take minutes of meetings. And I would take document this. I did this for a year, attended different meetings. And then by the end of the year, when they were reconstituting um, the sub-technical committee that plans the Nigerian Economic Summit, I was invited to join. I was the youngest on the team, and I served on that technical committee for two years. I'm in the room listening to people who are passionate, private individuals who are passionate. Nobody gets paid to serve in NESG. Passionate about the nation, pushing laws, pushing bills, you know, having conversations with public officers, helping them with strategy. And they would do all these things. That was my first experience, just up close with national issues. And there's something we call the night of the red eyes, where by the time we're done with the NES conference, we then work all night to put together notes and all for presentation to the president on the last day of the conference. Action items, recommendations from all of the plenary sessions and all of the breakout sessions. And I would see these individuals serve and just talk through issues. And it was so inspiring. Another experience I had, I, I had an opportunity to work with Lagos State Government. They were going to start out the Ready, Set, Work program. 
which I believe was a brilliant initiative. But again, there's no continuity and sustenance in our, in our polity, sadly. But they started it out then, and the, the, the pilot phase was with um, Lagos State University and all the Lagos State tertiary institutions before they then extended it to federal universities. But I remember the essay to the, go uh, to the governor on education then. It was his, the initiative of his office, and I was privileged to you know, serve on the committee there with them. And one of the questions I had to ask him, because we would sit at these meetings and we would have the public officers sit in with us. They did very minimal talking, by the way. The rest of us are talking and ideating. They did not speak, but I saw him deliberately carry them along, deliberately talk through. I mean, he, he, the guy has my utmost respect. Deliberately bring them into the conversation. And so one day I had to ask him, these guys are not contributing anything. They, to me, in my choleric mind, they are wasting our time. And he said, nothing will move if you don't have the buy-in of the public officers. Ministries, departments, parastatals, agencies. There are people that, governments come, governments go. They are the ones that remain. They are the real principalities and powers. So you think it's just your governor? You think it's just your, your president? We need to understand the art of governance and, and recognize that, look, the work is deep. The work is a lot. But it is not one we should shy away from. If you have an opportunity to enter into public service, by all means, please take it. I am open, just in case there's anybody in the room here. I am open. I am open to serve. I will never shy away from serving. It is hard work because you are contending with mindsets that have done it a certain way, years upon years upon years. And they want to maintain that, that standard. Why? Because they're able to, you know, corruption thrives in that setting. And then you come with your Harvard and MIT education and you think it is by that. The art of diplomacy needs to come to play. You have to... Guys, this is a conversation for another day. Let's wrap up. So how do we drive change? I'm sure I've spoken through a couple. Pray sincerely for your country. Pray sincerely for Nigeria. And let me help someone who's feeling like, I already have a lot I need to pray about. I need to pray about my relationship. I need to pray about my girlfriend who's misbehaving. I need to pray about my bills. I need to pray about my job, who's my, my boss whose who's head doesn't appear to be screwed on tight. I need to pray about my parents. My dad has an health issue or a health issue. I have a ton of things to pray. At the bottom of my list is Nigeria. There are no guarantees that I would ever get to that bottom with the laundry list of things I have to pray for. All we ask is just commit. Can you do 10 minutes a week? Start with that. Can you do 10 minutes a week? In fact, for someone, can you do five minutes a week? For someone, just go and write out a scripture for Nigeria and put it somewhere that when your mind goes there or your eyes stray there, you remember to just declare the word. Let's keep it simple. I'm not asking you for a full day. I'm not asking you for everyday prayer. I'm just saying, sincerely pray for this nation. Pray that the mercy of God will prevail. Pray that change will happen. Pray, that the, pray for the forthcoming elections. 
Pray for an end to corruption. Pray for love and compassion amongst the citizenry. When there's a, see, there's a, there's, there's a death, uh, you know, a death, yeah, that's what it's called, of love in our nation. People are unkind to each other. And I know that we are very quick to blame poverty as the reason why kidnappings have increased. You know, people don't have good jobs and all. This message is not, a, it's not an idealistic one. It's not one that is separate from the issues at hand. We see these issues. But are we saying that the arm of our God is shortened to save us, even in the midst of all of these challenges? Pray that the hearts of Nigerians will be tender one to another. And it starts with you and I just modeling it. So pray. Find a problem to solve. If you pray to God, he will show you how. He will show you how you can play your part. He will show you what to do. Opportunities will come up for you. Play your part. Find a problem to solve. Obey the laws of the land. That's how you contribute as well. Steward your influence responsibly. Some of us have huge social media following. You don't, you don't even have to have huge social media following. But what are you saying on social media? Are you spreading hope? Are you spreading love? Are you spreading kindness? Yes, you can be factual. You can be truthful about the state of things. But do, when people engage your content, do they live discouraged and depressed? Or do they live hopeful that even in the midst of all of this doom and gloom, there is light ahead? Are you contributing to strife, to the hate speeches? Are you causing confusion with your content? Participate in governance where there's an opportunity to. Please do. And one of the ways that we've all been given a, an opportunity to is to exercise your voting rights. I hope that you have your PVC. And I hope that you plan to vote. Again, I recognize that there's quite some confusion because it's almost as though we are between the devil and the deep blue sea. May God guide us aright in Jesus' name. Let me leave it at that. This is not a partisan conversation. So we are stronger together. I want to do something very quickly. And I know that time is fast spent. But please indulge me. Uh, can I have two volunteers? Yeah, Shola and, uh, yeah, Shola and Sharon, both of you come. I think you will join them as well. Let me just use the... Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So Sharon, let's assume Sharon has like great social media. She stand at that corner. I need one more person, please. She has like maybe great social media content she puts out and all of that stuff. She's trying to cause a change. Shala is also trying to cause. Shala start at the end there. Yeah. No, you move back. Stretch your hand. Extend your hand. Both of you extend your hand. Just their hands can't touch. Yeah. They're trying to do good, but they're solitary. So there's a quote that has been attributed to Mother Teresa. It says, I can do things you cannot. Shola is great at music. Sharon is great at curating words that can inspire, that can push people to making positive impact. She can do things Shola cannot. Shola can do things that Sharon cannot. But when they come together, come together, they're stronger. Yeah? Hold your hands. Now, you stand there. 
you stand there, still separate your hands. I want you to come. Yeah. So Joseph will join them. And I want you guys to lock hands. Yeah? Lock your hands together. Lock your hands together. They are stronger when they work together. They are stronger when there is unity. And that is the call to you and I this morning. That you would not be missing. Joseph, step out. That your space will not be missing. That when God is looking for a man to send, that he will find you willing and available. Come back and lock hands together. Let us pray. Can we hold hands in the room? You guys just stay locked together. It can be a very lonely journey when we see people trying to do good and they don't have enough support or they don't have the support that they require. So we are stronger when we can support one another to actually do good work. When we see people who are standing for righteousness, that we will support them. When we see people who are trying to make a change, that we would not, out of shame, you know, follow the crowd and leave them. Now that solitary person in your office that is committed to ensuring a change, pushing a, a change agenda that is positive, that would you rise up and, and, and support them in this season? And I want us to just begin to pray for our nation. Scripture says in 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayer and requests as you intercede with intense passion. And pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It is pleasing to our Savior God to pray for them. God demands of us, requires of us to pray for our leaders, to pray for our nation. So would you lift up your voices this morning and begin to declare blessings over our land. Begin to declare that concerning Nigeria, the purpose of God according to election is what is permitted to stand. That as from the foundations of the earth, the foundations of the world. God already has seen February 25th. He already has a plan and a purpose. And so we decree and declare that it is His plans that are coming to pass. In the name of Jesus, it is His plans that are coming to pass. We need to recognize that God would always find people to use when the righteous are unwilling to stand up. They're good people and they're people that are okay and just fit the bill that God can walk through. So regardless of the people that have been presented before us, can we decree and declare, God, let your purpose, according to election, let it stand. Let it be in the name of Jesus. Across all levels of government, across all cadres of government, in the legislature, in the executive, in the judiciary, we decree and declare the purpose of God according to election will stand in the name of Jesus. Would you go ahead and pray for the citizens of our nation? Pray for yourself. You are a citizen of this nation and ask God for grace to be able to engage effectively. Ask God for a grace, for grace to be able to play your part that your role will not be missing. In God's grand agenda, you will not be found wanting. You will not become so disconnected from the ongoing issues that your heart will be filled with the burden that the Father carries concerning this nation. Somebody needs to declare that, Lord, share your burden with me. Father, share your burden with me concerning my nation. In the name of Jesus, 
Open my eyes to see, just as Pastor Chi led us to pray earlier. Help me see as you are seeing this nation. Let me see the promise that you have declared concerning this nation. Let me see the hope that exists. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Would you ask in the name of Jesus concerning this nation that your eyes are open to see clearly how God is seeing this nation in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and renew your commitment to nation building. Pray to understand your role and the definition of your assignment. Uh, it might be in that little space. It might be with the power of your pen. It might be with the words of your mouth. It might be through a song. It might be through a book that needs to be written. It might be through you uh, and philanthropic act activities. Would you go ahead and declare? In the name of Jesus, Lord, I commit. I commit to partnering with you concerning this change mandate. In the name of Jesus, help me live right. Fill our hearts with compassion, oh God. Fill our hearts with love. Love for you and love for one another. In the name of the Lord Jesus, go ahead and declare that you will not, I mean, it has become a norm. You see a madman, it's okay. You see a dead man, it's okay. There are things that have become a norm. It's almost as though our hearts are just becoming hardened. We hear about kidnappings. For as long as it is not our family members, we are unmoved. Would you go ahead and declare? And when I say definition of your assignment some people need to be intercessors concerning this land would you arise and take your place in the name of Jesus every Esther every Nehemiah every Joseph every Daniel we call them forth concerning the affairs of this nation arise and take your place in the name of Jesus life point movement arise and take your place in God's agenda concerning Nigeria in the name of Jesus, some people need to be financiers. Would you go ahead and declare? If that is the one God is laying upon your heart, some people need to join political parties. Some people need to actively seek out roles for service. Would you go, and, go ahead and ask for grace? The spirit of boldness and courage. The spirit of boldness and courage to be able to do the work God has called you to. Nehemiah, in the face of opposition, would say, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Would you recognize that Nigeria is a great work? Nigeria is a great work. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, we just renew our commitment to do your will concerning this nation. I, I want to pray for someone here who's, you know, you're making decisions from a place of fear. I decree and declare concerning you that every stronghold of fear is removed from your life. In the name of Jesus, please go ahead and pray for the person you are holding and declare over them there is no room for fear. There is no room for anxiety. Uh, you will not follow trends. You will not follow popular culture. At the congregational prayers yesterday, we prayed from scripture in Hebrews 12, which says that we should lay aside every weight and we should run the race that we've been given with endurance, with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Would you go ahead and declare this morning concerning your brother and your sister that their eyes remain on Jesus. Their eyes are steadfast on Jesus. Their eyes are locked in on Jesus. Father, we thank you. And so, Father, I just pray concerning this last quarter that we will finish strong in Jesus' name. We will finish with supernatural strength. We will finish with abundant testimonies of victory, of progress of increase 
in the name of the Lord Jesus I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice the things that have eluded you in the first three quarters they you they come to you you attract them this last quarter in Jesus name effortlessly and with grace you will run the race that has been set before you in the name of the Lord Jesus I decree and declare concerning you that you are divinely preserved in your going and your coming in the name of Jesus the peace of God garrisons your heart the joy of God is resident in your life the spirit of joy comes upon you afresh in the name of Jesus every day of the last quarter of this year it is for joy and rejoicing in the name of Jesus it is well with you and yours in every way I pray for everyone who's in that place of discouragement where you feel like the first three quarters have not delivered I ask that doors will open for you I ask that God would open your eyes to see what he is doing I ask that you would attract your helpers in the name of Jesus so Rebecca you know that scripture in Romans 12 where it says um, the purpose of God according to election yeah is what will be fulfilled is what will stand Rebecca was Jacob's or yeah was Jacob and Esau's mother but God already declared a word where it was clearly stated that the younger will serve the old sorry the older will serve the younger Jacob's primary assignment the race that he had been called to was to be the progenitor of the lineage of Jesus and so it was important that Jacob took his place as much as it is that we can condemn Rebecca's acts but Rebecca midwifed the process I pray for each and every person the midwives of your destiny will locate you this quarter in Jesus name everything it is you're trusting and believing God for I decree and declare that this quarter is the quarter where things come together and align in your favor you are clothed with favor as a shield in the name of the Lord Jesus God's hand would rest mightily upon your life you will be a testament of his faithfulness of his goodness and of his kindness in the name of Jesus I decree and declare over life point movement and members of this movement that you will eat the good of this land across the nations of the world where you have been established you will eat the good of the land in the name of Jesus the earth will bring forth its increase for you you are fruitful in this quarter you multiply you replenish the earth you increase on all sides in the name of Jesus endless victories boundless testimonies oh races that you have started you will complete effortlessly in the name of Jesus you will pursue you will recover you would you would overtake and you will recover all in the name of Jesus everything that has been lost you will pursue you overtake and you recover in the name of Jesus I decree and declare time is collapsed for your sake in the name of Jesus you are gaining speed this quarter you are gaining speed by the power of the Holy Ghost lastly I pray for you that your hearts will be yielded and submitted to the Father this quarter more than ever before he says if you seek me you will find me so I pray for the capacity to stay in that seeking position every day of this quarter in the name of Jesus father we thank you and we give you all praise in Jesus name we have prayed and agreed 
Amen and amen. God bless you all. Thank you for Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.